Hey, CF family, thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this message encourages you and blesses your life. Well, before you hear this powerful teaching, I want to encourage you to share this message with someone who needs to hear the gospel. You never know what this message can do to the life of that person. Also, we want you to know that wherever you're watching us from, you can still impact the lives of others through your giving. It is through your generosity that we can keep pushing the kingdom of God forward in our city and all over the world. Giving is safe and simple. You can go to our app or you can go to our website, cfmiami.org give. Well, God bless you and I hope you enjoy this message. Hey, CF family. And you gotta love these Christmas songs. And you know, in that song, there's a beautiful line that says, Oh, come, all ye faithful. You know who the faithful are? You are the faithful ones. You are the ones full of faith in God. And that song says, Oh, come, all ye faithful, and what? Let us adore who? Amen. Amen. Can we give another shout of praise to our great God? Then it is great to gather together, right, to adore our God. Well, welcome everyone. My name is Omar, and I have the honor and the privilege of serving as a lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And we are on our second week of our Advent series. You know, the word Advent in the Latin is the word Adventus. And Adventus means coming. And so during this season, the people of God, listen, we begin to prepare our hearts to not only remember, but to celebrate not only the first advent of our Lord at the birth of Christ, but also the second advent of our Lord in the second coming. And uh, we've been looking at different aspects of our relationship with Christ. Last week, we saw the hope that we have in Christ. Today, we're going to be learning about the love that we have in our Lord. And so how many of you are excited to be here and to dive into God's Word? Yeah? You're excited? Yeah, so am I. So wherever you find yourself, open up your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, and you can follow along with me as I read, all right? Listen to what God's Word says. This is how God showed His what? 1230. You can do better than that. His what? His love. Yeah. His love among us. His love for you and for me. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. In other words, God showed us what our hearts long for the most, and that is to feel the love and affection of our Heavenly Father. Amen? That is God's Word. You can go ahead and take a seat, everybody, at all campuses. Again, it is great to have you here with us. Let me start off by sharing this with you. You know, a few months ago, me, Ashley and I were blessed to welcome our second child, and his name is Mateo, yeah, and uh, man, he's been such a blessing so far. He has been such a good, good baby. In fact, he's only about eight or nine weeks old, and he's already sleeping about 11 hours a night. Oh, yeah, the grace of God, right? Thank the Lord. But he's been such a good baby, but I got to tell you, he's also a cute baby. And not because I'm his father, you know, I think every parent thinks their baby's cute, but I think you'll agree with me. He's a cute baby. Take a look at these pictures. Oh, come on. Take a look at this one. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite one coming up now. <laughs> and so, listen, it's been a blessing so far. He's been really good. But one of the things that I always try to do when I come home from work 
That is, I want to come home and just shower him with lots and lots of love. Yeah, as much as I can, I just spend a lot of love, I just show him a lot of love and affection. Now, follow me here. Because showing love to him is not only something that is good for him, but get this, it's actually necessary for him to receive love. And here's why. It's because from an early, uh, from an early stage, listen, there is a, a need built into every single child, into every single infant to feel and experience love and affection. And church, studies shows that when a child, an infant, doesn't get to experience and feel the, that warmth of love and that affection, they actually begin to develop what they call child attachment disorder. And folks, what happens is, is when a child goes on and does never experience or feel love from someone in a tangible way, they go on as they grow up to have emotional and behavioral issues. See, because they never experience love or affection in any way, as they grow up, they have trouble expressing emotions. They have trouble developing healthy relationships with other people. And they even have trouble trusting others. And folks, do not miss this. Because God has hardwired every single child with this need to feel and experience love in a tangible way. And family, when they don't, it actually has monumental impact and a monumental impact on their life. And church, let me just bring that whole concept over to our teaching for today because what an image of folks of what happens when a person never experiences their a love from their heavenly father. And by that I mean that just like there's a deep need in every single infant, in every single baby, right, to feel love, to experience affection. Listen, just like that. And here's the main idea as we open up God's holy word. Listen, there is a deep need in every single one of our souls, in your soul, in my soul, to experience the love of our creator, to experience the love of our heavenly father. And church, what's sad is that there's billions of people on earth that have never experienced the love of their creator, their love of their heavenly father. And as a result, listen, their lives begin to suffer because of it. And who knows, maybe you're here today for the first time. Maybe you've been coming here for several weeks. And you say, no more. Listen, I'm open to the things of God. I, I want to know more. And I believe that God exists, but I just don't know if I've ever felt the love of God. You know, when you talk about it that way, I don't know if I've experienced the warmth, the affection, the love of God. And so, Omar, how does, how does God show us love? Because, yeah, I believe God exists, but I don't see God anywhere. So how does God show us, shows me love? We're going to find out from 1 John chapter 4, all right? So if you have your Bible, turn to 1 John chapter 4. And you can also open up your Christ Fellowship apps. You can download them in the app store. It's a phenomenal way to keep track of the sermon and fill in the blanks. And today I have three thoughts for us about experiencing the love of God. Are you all ready for this? Yeah? Yeah? All right, so write this down as point number one. 
God revealed his love for you through the birth of his son. Now, church, let's go to the passage for today. Listen to what it says. This is how God showed his what? His what? His love among us, to you and to me. This is how he does it. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Pause right there for just a moment. Because the question of whether God loves us has permeated humanity ever since the beginning of time. And, we, and because we're surrounded in our life, right, with such conditional love, right, everywhere you look, it's all conditional love. Because of it, so many people have a distorted view of God's love for us. And folks, that is the reason why the wisest and the loftiest philosophers question whether God can really love us. And the reason for that is because deep down we know who we are. You know, we know that God is a good, righteous, perfect, holy God. And deep down we know that we're not holy, righteous, and perfect. And so why would God who's infinitely holy, infinitely righteous, why would God love us? And yet the truth of the gospel is that he does. See, the gospel reminds us how truly loved we really are. You know, Tim Keller, the well-known pastor of our day, he said this about God's love for us that really just made an impact on me. He said this. He said, the gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. Amen? And family, that is the wonder of the gospel. That when you and I look at our lives deep down inside of our hearts, listen, when we look at who we are, even the most moral person here, we're way more sinful than we care to admit. We are way more unlovable than we want to be. We are way less unacceptable before a holy and righteous God that we deserve. But the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of God's message of salvation for all of us is that in through Christ, listen, we are more loved than we can ever imagine. Amen? We are more accepted. We are more... Uh, uh, held and treasured than we would ever hope or imagine. Do you believe that, church family? And so, folks, the way that God showed humanity that he loves us, that he accepts us, is by giving us his son. And family, even though that statement may seem so basic to some of us, the truth of the matter is that it is actually fundamental to our relationship with God. You see, because even the most mature believer among us, listen, here's the mindset that we can easily fall into. That the way that God shows love to us on a daily basis is by the gifts or the blessings that he bestows upon us. Now think about it. It's easy for us to get into the mindset that in our daily life, the way that God, that we feel God's love, that God shows his love for us, is by the blessings, the good things, the, the gifts that he gives you. You know, I remember back when I was a little boy, my mom was a single mom at that time. 
she used to travel very far distance from work, like for an hour or so. And so during the day, she would leave early, come back late. And during the day, I spent time with my grandfather and my grandma. That's, they used to look after me. And folks, I remember that every single time that my mom came back from work, she always had a, a thing where she always brought me either a little toy or a little candy bar or something to show me that she was thinking about me, that she loves me. And so whenever I would hear my mom come and open the door, I would just run to her, I will give her a hug, and I would be looking for the little gift. And folks, here's the thing. In my little mind, I started seeing, wow, the way that my mom shows love for me is through these little gifts that she brings for me every day. And church, even though that was a very sweet thing my mom used to do for me, can I tell you, sometimes we drag that mentality over to a relationship with the Lord? That we think that the way that God shows his love for us on a daily basis is by the little gifts or the blessings that he bestows upon us. But church, look at what the verse says again. This is how God showed his love among us to you. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Which means, write this down, letter A, that God doesn't show love by how much wealth he gives you. You know, at times it's easy in our daily life to think, well, man, because God gave me that financial breakthrough or God gave me that raise at work or God gave me that new position at work or, man, I, I didn't have to pay this or I didn't have to do that. It's easy for us to think, wow, Look at how God did this, and look at the money he's given us. Look at, and it's easy for us to think that that's the way that God shows us love. That's what we see from this verse. That's not the way he's showing us his love. And also means by looking at this verse, write this down, letter B, that God doesn't show love by how much health he gives you. You know, I have two children, I have a family, I have a mom and dad and all. And I know it's easy for us to think that, wow, look at the way that God is protecting my children. They're healthy. Look at my family, look at my parents, praise God. And so sometimes it's easy for us to connect good health or protection from health as a way that God shows us love. Folks, we see differently in this verse. And when we read, we also see, write this down, letter C, that God doesn't show love by how much comfort he gives you. You know, at times it's easy for us to go on a great vacation or having a really nice experience here or something that we buy at home or something that we do with a family or whatever that case may be. And we're just looking around and all this happens, all the comfort, and we think, wow, look at how much God loves us. God loves our family so much. Family, here's the problem with that type of thinking. Because what happens when God doesn't give you that financial breakthrough you're hoping? What happens when you lose your job? What happens when you get a person that you love in your life gets that bad diagnosis from the doctor? What happens when God doesn't take you through that season in life like the way you thought he would take you? Church, listen. 
if God, if the way that God showed us love by through our daily gifts and all these ways, and listen, God hated the disciples. He hated them. Because all of those young men, as they grew up, as they got older, none of them became rich. None of them lived lives of, of, of all this health. In fact, they died for their, for their faith. And folks, none of them lived in the lap of luxury. But folks, God's love for us is not sparing us from difficulties or troubles in life, but rather God shows his love that he gives us his son to go through every season in our lives. Can I get an amen to that? And church, not only through this life, but through all eternity. You know, sometimes when people look at that verse, John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Eternal life. And sometimes people think, well, isn't the way that God loves us by giving us eternal life and all the blessings that come with eternal life. But the question is that I want to pose for you is, what is eternal life? What is eternal life? In fact, if we were just to say eternal life is blank and we all fill in that blank, most likely we all have some sort of similar answers, but not the exact same answer. But folks, we need to let Jesus define what is eternal life. And folks, he does that in John 17 as he's praying to the Father in the high priestly prayer. And listen to what he says. This is eternal life. You know want to know what eternal life is? That they know who? 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 That's right. That they know you, Father, the only true God. And Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So notice, God gives us a son to give us eternal life, and eternal life is knowing God. And, and so another way of putting it, God shows his love for us, right, by giving us a son so that we can know him forever and ever and ever. And can I tell you, listen, we will never get tired of knowing him. You know, some people have that misconception that when you get to heaven and you see God, that that's going to be it. You, you saw who he is. You know who he is. But you see, the reality is that we will never get tired of knowing him. You know, knowing God is like climbing a great alpine ridge, range where you can climb for 10,000 feet. And when you get to the top, you think you're getting to the top. But the moment you get to the top, you see another range. And the moment you get to you climb that range, you see another range and another range. And church is exactly like that with God. Because when you get to heaven and you get to experience God himself, listen, you will never be able to exhaust knowing him. Because once you climb 10,000 feet trying to understand his grace and you get to the top, there's another ridge of his grace. When you think you, found out, you understand God's love for you, you're going to see another aspect of his love. When you get to the top of knowing his power and his sovereignty, you're going to find out another aspect of his love and sovereignty. So folks, for all eternity, finite people will never exhaust knowing the infinite God. Amen? Do you believe that? Folks, what a blessing that would be. That for all eternity, he's shown us his love for us 
by giving us himself. And who knows, maybe you're, you may be here right now and you may be thinking, no more, listen, I, I get conceptually what you're saying. But what is the proof of that love? Because the truth of the matter is that I feel like in my life, I'm so discouraged. I'm so downcast right now. I feel so lonely in my life. I got, if you only knew what was going on in my life when this relationship in my family, my finance, at work, if you only knew what was going on in my life, I don't see any proof of God's love. So, so how does God prove to me that he really does love me? Because right now I don't see any proof of God's love. Well, write this down as big number two. Listen, if God showed or initially revealed his love for us through the birth of his son, Write this down as point number two. God proved his love for you through the death of his son. In fact, look at the very next verse. Remember, all these verses are building up on each other. It says, and this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, if you have the Bibles open to 1 John 4, circle the word propitiation because I know it's a little bit of an odd word, but let me help you understand what that word means. The word propitiation simply means the appeasing of God's wrath. And so whenever you read that word in Scripture, it means the appeasing of God's wrath. And we know from Scripture that the place where Christ appeased the wrath of God was at the cross, right? At the cross, when he was dying on the cross, he was absorbing the wrath of God, he was appeasing the wrath of God so that you and I may have everlasting life, amen? And family, the way that Jesus Christ appeased the wrath of God is described in Isaiah 53, verse 5. Listen to what it says. It says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. And he was, what's the next word? Crushed. crushed. He was crushed for our iniquities. You know, when I was a, a little boy, I heard a story one time that really helped me understand God's love for me and the crushing of his son. And the story goes like this. There was a, a train bridge operator uh, that his main responsibility was simply being taken care of the tracks, and whenever he would see the, the train coming down, which had hundreds of passengers, his main responsibility was to grab that lever, pull it down, so that the bridge would come down, and, and all those people on that bridge would pass by safely. And he did this day after day after day. And one day, in a normal day, uh, he went to work like he normally would, and he brought his little boy with him, and he was right next to him. And so as he was there writing stuff down, getting things organized, he would look down and he would see his, play, his little boy playing with some toy trucks and, and just with some other toys. And so there came a point that the train began to arrive and he could hear the horn of the train. And so when he saw the train approaching, he went to the lever and he put his hand on the lever. And he looked at that train and then he looked down to his son. And folks, when he looked down, he realized that his son wasn't there. And so he began to say, my son, where, my son, where are you, my son? My son, where are you? 
And then he looked outside, scrambling to look, where, where is he, where is he, where is he? And then he sets eyes on the gearing of that bridge. And it turns out his son got in there, and he was stuck in the gears of that, of that bridge. And so church, that father knew he had a choice to make at that moment. Either he kept that lever up, and that bridge never came down, and all those people perished along the way, but his son was saved. Or the other option was to pull that lever down, crush his son, so that all those people could go through that train and safely get by. And church, that father knew what, exactly what he had to do. So he got his hand on that lever, and he pulled that lever down, and he had to witness his own little boy get crushed in the gearing of that bridge. And with eyes that coming down his, his face, he saw all those trains of all those people who didn't even know what happened, all those people pass by safely down the tracks. And church folks, what an image, what a picture of what our Heavenly Father had to do for us. Folks, he had to crush his son on the cross of Calvary so that you and I may live. Folks, that is what God the Father did for us. And folks, God proved that he loves us by having to witness his son die, die for you and for me. And so what that means, folks, is that as we go through life, right, here is what we always have to remember. Write this down under A and B. That nothing that happens is lacking God's love. And that nothing, and that everything that happens in your life is always accompanied with God's love. In fact, listen to what God's word says in Romans chapter 8. It says this. He says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? For he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, for crushed him for us all, how will he not also graciously give us all things? For who shall separate us from the love of Christ our Lord? See, family, in other words, the proof that God loves you even in the midst of that trial in your life, listen, is that God witnessed his own son to die for you. And so I don't know what's taking place in your life right now. Listen, we all have different circumstances. Maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you're lonely. Maybe you're disappointed. Maybe you're confused. Listen, listen carefully. Whatever's happening in your life, never doubt the Father's love. For you. You know, going back to the story of the train, you know, how odd would have been for the passengers of that, of that train to ever doubt God's, their, that, that, that father's love for them. How odd would it be forever? Does, does that man love us? Of course he did. He had to crush his own son for you. So how odd is it for you and for me when we go through the difficulties of life to ever doubt that God's love is not with us, that God doesn't love us? Listen, child of God, whatever's happening in your life right now, listen, rest assured, God is with you and God loves you. Amen? Amen. Never forget that beautiful truth.
And family, here's what happens when you allow that truth that God loves you to permeate in your heart, to transform your heart, to melt your heart. Here's what happens. Write this down as big number three. God's love now enables you to love other people. To love other people. In fact, listen to how the passage continues in the very next verse. Again, all these three verses are building up on each other. Listen to the next thing. It says, beloved. Church, you want to know the truth? That's my favorite word in Scripture. Beloved. Because that word beloved means you who are greatly loved. Every single time you read that word in, in your Bibles, listen, don't just read over it. That's when God's saying, stop for a moment. And he's reminding you are beloved. You are greatly loved. And then listen to what it says. Beloved, you are loved by God. If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So here's what's interesting. The application of knowing God's love is that now that you love other people. Which means that, listen, if you are not a loving person, if the people in your life, at work, in your family gatherings, in your neighborhood, if people do not see you as a loving person, then that means that either A, you have never experienced God's love, or you are behaving like you've never experienced God's love. And church, listen, it is so important that during this Christmas season that we really love people. And here's why. Listen to how the verse continues. It's because no one has ever seen God. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Church, what does it mean for God's love to be perfected? It means that God's love is not complete or has not accomplished its purpose until you love other people. That's what it means. See, God shows you love not so that you feel really good about yourself and go about your life quietly. Oh, God loves me. God loves me. No, 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 no. Listen, yes, God wants you to experience that love, but God ultimately then wants to show that other love because no one has ever seen God, but when you show God's love to people, his love is perfected, is completed in you. And so, church, my challenge for us this, this Christmas season, and in, including me, because every time I, stay, I stand on this stage, I am preaching to myself, is that we will love people like never before. Even those people who are hard to love, and you know who they are. Oh, yeah, that guy at work, that boss, that neighbor. Oh, I, I heard a neighbor out there. That family member that you're going to see at Christmas and Christmas Eve that you know they're not easy to love, listen, love them. Love them. Love them with the, God, with the love that God has shown you. Amen? And church, listen, as we go through it, be attentive to their needs. Be patient with them. Be forgiving. But, but, but listen, make sure 
that you don't miss this opportunity to show people God's love for them. And can I tell you, not only are we to show God's love by our actions and the way that we behave, but we also show people God's love by our generosity. You know, it's interesting. If you look at John 3.16, it says, for God so loved the world, right? For God so loved you that he what? That he gave. For God so loved you that he was generous towards you. And so during this Christmas season, listen, you've heard in the past several weeks, listen, we are getting ready for a special Christmas offering. And just so you have an understanding of the, difference, the different ways of giving to the Lord, you know, there are two main ways of giving back to the Lord, right? One of them is our tithing, right, which is from out of 100% that everything that God has given us, God now expects his children to respond by giving 10% back to him, which shows our trust, our love, our devotion, our, you know, to, to the Lord, right? So we receive from the Lord, and we as his children who trust and obey, and we give back to the Lord. And that's something that's required as part of our relationship with the Lord. If this is your first time here, or, you know, you're coming here for several weeks, it's not for you. But if you are a believer in Christ, if you are a child of God, and you know you have a relationship with Christ, that's just part of our walk with the Lord. But there's another thing called the offering, and that is above and beyond the tithe. And the, the offering is simply not required, is optional, and it's something that is usually goes to a special cause. And this year, our Christmas offering is going to, towards the backpack program with Caring for Miami. You know, if you're not familiar with Caring for Miami, it is the nonprofit arm of Christ Fellowship that serves to meet the need of the under-resourced and hurting here in Miami-Dade County. And uh, we got three, you know, it's been around for a long time. It's been a blessing to our church and our community. And the Caring for Miami has three different projects. The first one is Project Smile, which is our mobile dental unit. You may have seen the mobile dental unit out there. They go to the, 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 the most hurting, uh, poorest neighborhoods in our city, and they provide free dental work to those who are hurting, who don't have insurance, who don't have the means to get any, any services. So we provide those services for them. And at the same time, we have a partnership with Baptist Hospital where uh, they send those cancer patients who need certain dental work before their, um, their treatment. But they, a lot of people can't, afford, can't get the cancer treatment because they, can aff they cannot afford the dental so we do it free of charge. It's been an amazing partnership with Baptist Hospital. And so that's our Project Smile. The other one is our Bridge Program, which is our English classes for people who are new to this country who are migrants. And these are people who are struggling to get off the ground, so we help them with free English classes. And we also tutor their children and teach them about the Lord and the gospel. It's a phenomenal ministry. It's a phenomenal way to reach those people. And the third one, which is what this offering is for, is the Backpack Program. The backpack program gives, really feeds hungry children in our uh, schools uh, so that they have food to eat during the weekend until they get back on Monday morning. And here's how that program was, um, uh, the, was, was started. A, a while back, one of our partner schools, uh, the teacher was in class, and it turns out that in the middle of class, all of the classmates started pointing at this little boy at his book bag and started going like this. You may have heard that story, right? Started going like this. And so the teacher was, what's going on? So she went to, the, to, the, to this little boy, opened up his backpack, 
And it turns out that he had, after, at the end of lunch, he had taken all the leftover food and put it in the backpack. And when she asked him, why, why did you do this? It's because he didn't have any food to eat at home until Monday morning. And so when the school uh, approaches about it, we figured out there was a lot more kids in our school systems that go home and really don't have a meal to eat until they get back on Monday morning to school. And that was the birth of the backpack program. And throughout the years, we've ministered to hundreds and thousands of, of children in this specific need. And it's awesome. We, our volunteers, they take backpacks, bags full of food uh, to these children in each of these schools throughout our community. And they're able to grab it. They take it home for school, uh, to home, and they have a meal to eat all throughout the weekend. And it's a way also to meet and bless the families, the parents of those children. And so just so that you can see the, the, the amazing work that Karen from Miami does with the backpack program, just look at the story of one of those families. Take a look. I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I'm involved with the kids a lot. And he works all day. I'm like a handyman. I do a little bit of everything. Try to support the family, the kids. I mean, there's time we struggle. I mean, my job is not always 100% guaranteed. Uh, especially with this virus, it's like a lot of people don't want people inside the house doing work, and that's why we're very grateful. We have this program going on, and it will help out a lot of family in our situation that can make uh, as me, can get a job or can find a job for whatever reason they're going through. And with the backpack program, it does help us, at least us, it does help us out a lot. Realistically, it's a really blessing that y'all have this going on for a family like us. We have three kids, 15, 13, and eight. They all receive the backpack. I like the food. Yeah, like a whole bunch. They have like some chocolate milk, applesauce. As a mom, I know it's good to get the extra help, extra hand or extra lend and help feeding my kids and I do appreciate it. It makes us feel better. It makes us feel better, it makes us feel great and makes sure that they see the smile on their face that they have in their stomach, they have something to eat before bed or before in the morning they get up for school or something like that. As a dad for the BIPOC program, I mean, it helps me a lot, especially during the weekends. Knowing that they're fed, definitely appreciate all the help that the BIPOC program gives us. Man, what an amazing work God is doing. And you know what? I don't know if you noticed, but in the middle of that, that video, one of the children, they, 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 they raised up that card and says, never forget you are loved. See, family, every time that those children, they receive that backpack, it's a reminder, not only that there's a church that loves them, but more important, that there's a God who loves them, who has not forgotten them. Even in the midst of their poverty, God has not forgotten them. God loves them. And so, folks, my challenge for us is here. Listen, I know Christmas time is here. And you know, sometimes we spend way too much money on gifts and presents that don't even really matter at the end of the day, Right? Why not us as a church gather together and give towards this special cause? That everything that's collected for this offering will go to the backpack program and could really keep ministering to all these children. 
And so when you go to the website, you can go to cfmiami.org slash today. When you go to that website, uh, there you can f- see all the information. We call it Make Someday Today. You know why? Because sometimes we say, oh, yeah, I'll, get that to, I'll give to that someday, right? Make that today today. Listen, God's calling us to love people, right? Why not today? And so when you go to that website, cfmiami.org slash today, listen, you know, all the information is there. And you'll see what it takes to feed a child for one month, for three months, for six months, and for a year. It's less than what you think. But folks, listen, if, we're, if, if we have experienced God's love, how can we not show love to people and give to those who are hurting so that they can experience God's love as well, right? It's the way God's love is perfected among us. And so I want to challenge us. Listen, go to that website, pray, whatever God puts in your heart. Man, I want to challenge you. It's a Excuse me, something that me and Ashley, we contribute to every year. It's a special part of our heart. I mean, we are just blessed to be able to be part of it. I want to challenge you as well. Ask the Lord, what, what is this that you're asking? And let's be faithful in the area, amen? And show people God's love. Well, let me pray for us. Father, Lord, we are just so humbled as we saw in your word that you are a God who not only showed us that you love us, but you proved it through the crushing of your son on that cross. And so, my Lord, I pray that for all of us, as we go through trials in life, I know all of us go through difficulties, hard moments. My Lord, I pray that we will never forget that truth, that you love us. And God, also, as we experience and allow that love to work in our heart, my Lord, I pray that we will be faithful now to love other people. And that we would also even give towards a cause like this, oh Lord, so that other people may know you, may experience your love. Thank you, Father, for all your blessings, for your goodness. But, Father, let us always, especially in this Advent season, Lord, just reflect on your great love for us. Thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people say, amen. Hey, can we give another shout of praise to our loving God, amen? And so I'm going to call all campus pastors to the front. And I want to encourage you, be back the next two weekends. Next week, we're going to be looking at the joy of Christ. And then on Christmas Eve, just several days after, Christmas Eve, Eve, and Christmas Eve, we're going to be looking at the peace of Christ, what we all need from the Lord. Amen. So be back the next two weekends. I'm telling you, you're going to really be blessed by it. Love you all, right? Have a great weekend.